I'm jumping in with a quick message that I've added to all HR Coffee Time episodes to let you know that my group programme, Inspiring HR, is back. In case you haven't heard of it before, it's an intensive six-week programme for mid and senior level HR and people professionals. So if you're an HR business partner, HR manager, head of HR or HR director, or the people equivalent, so a people business partner, people manager, head of people or people director, and you'd like to build your confidence, your credibility and your impact at work, Inspiring HR could be perfect for you. We get started on Wednesday the 5th of June 2024 when we'll be meeting up over Zoom for two hours every week. The group sessions are a blend of group coaching, training and facilitation. They're supportive, encouraging and practical and each week has a slightly different focus. So in week one, we look at setting yourself up for success. Week two is about boosting your confidence. Week three focuses on being strategic in your role. Week four is all about building key relationships. Week five takes a deep dive into influencing at a senior level. And the final week looks at planning for the future. There's a link with the full details in the show notes for you. Or you can learn more by going to my website, Bright Sky Career Coaching, clicking on services and then clicking on Inspiring HR Group Programme. I would love to have you join us and to get to know you throughout the programme. But if you have any questions about Inspiring HR at all, please feel free to ask by getting in touch through the website and I would be very happy to answer them for you. Welcome back to another episode of HR Coffee Time, the weekly podcast made especially for you to help you have a successful and fulfilling HR career without working yourself into the ground. I'm your host, Faye Wallace, a career coach with a background in HR. I'm also the founder of Bright Sky Career Coaching and the creator of The HR Planner. If we haven't met before, hello, it's great to have you here. And if you're a regular listener to the show, welcome back. If you tuned in last week, you'll know that the hardback version of the HR Planner is now available to buy to help set you up for the best year of your HR career for 2023. It's the third year that I've created the planner for you. The first year, it was just available as a free downloadable PDF. And then last year, you asked me for a hardback version as well. So I created one for the first time. And this year, it's available as both again. So you're very welcome to either just have the free condensed PDF version, or if you'd prefer the more robust hardback version, which also has lots of extra resources in it, that is available to buy now. And I will put a link to both versions in the show notes for you. If you haven't seen the HR Planner before or have never heard about it and you're wondering what on earth I'm talking about, it's A4 sized and it contains a monthly calendar with inclusion and awareness dates for you, along with separate sections. So you've also got career goal planning activities, a checklist of key HR tasks for you and for your team to remember throughout the year. And there are lots of other handy resources to set you up for a successful year. Every year that I create the HR planner, I think that's it. It's all finished. I can't think of anything else I could include in it that would be helpful. But of course, the minute it's been sent off to the printers and I can't make any changes, 
I think of something else. <laughs> so this year's version has several activities included in it that I thought of after last year's version had gone to the printers. And today I'm going to talk you through an activity I'm planning on including in the 2024 planner that I've only just thought of. And that activity is how to measure your impact at work with the goals that you set yourself. Because I know that can feel really overwhelming, really daunting. So many people say to me, but Faye, it's just not possible. The impact that we have as an HR team, you can't really measure that a lot of the time. Well, I promise that most of the time you can. It may feel a bit tricky, but it's totally doable and it will just have such an impact and be so useful for you when you do know how to do it because then you can use it to stand out from everyone else with your CV when you apply for future roles. You can use it to convince your boss to give you a promotion. You can use it to impress the senior leadership team in your organization, or you can use it to make an impact in future interviews. There are so many different ways it's going to help you. So let's crack on with the show and I will tell you exactly how to do it. Back in episode 44 of HR Coffee Time, which was Succeeding as an HR Professional, How to Influence at a Senior Level, I borrowed from the world of marketing and talked you through the principles of persuasion that many marketeers are familiar with. Well, in today's episode, I'm going to borrow from the world of project management to help you measure your impact at work. I first learned about this many, many years ago when I worked for an engineering firm in an HR role and we were interviewing for a new project manager. Not for the HR team. (laughs) I was sitting in on the interviews and interviewing alongside a director within the organisation. And so we got to meet all of these different project managers who were applying for the role. And what one of the project managers we were interviewing explained to me in their interview has always stayed with me. They told me that all projects can be assessed to see how successful they've been by measuring one of three things, time, quality or cost. And that is any project at all, whether it's an HR project, an engineering project, a finance project, This applies across all disciplines. So when you have your HR planner in front of you and you look at the finalising your career goals pages, after you've written down each goal, after you've decided on what it is you want to be working on for your career, I'd like you to then think about how it could be measured. Because most of your career goals will hopefully be bringing value to the organisation you work in, as well as being satisfying or interesting for you to work on and helping your career. So let's look at three different possible HR tasks or projects that you can measure using time, quality or cost. And if you're thinking, oh no, please don't start talking about metrics or data, Faye, I'm just not confident with it at all. I promise I'm not going to be talking about it in a daunting way. And also I'd recommend hopping back to listen to episode 58, how to feel more confident using data and analytics in your role, where I was joined by the fabulous guest, Angela Moyle, and she did such a great job at taking everything back to basics and putting a really good foundation in place for anyone who wants to learn more about using measurements and data and KPIs. And I think it's so important for all of our careers now, it's well worth a listen. But anyway, moving along, let's start with cost. 
and I'm going to use a recruitment goal as an example. I'm going to imagine that one of your career goals is to either save money for the organisation you work for, or it could be that your goal is to gain more experience of recruitment. I'm pretending that you've decided as a way of saving money and gaining experience that you're going to cut back on using recruitment agencies to fill vacancies. And instead, you're either going to try to fill those vacancies yourself or you're going to have someone else in your team to do it for you. All you would have to do is look at what the usual cost would be for each person hired when you use a recruitment agency. Then you hire someone without using an agency. So let's imagine that you place an advert on LinkedIn for free or for a small charge. Lots of people apply for the role and one of them is successful. If their salary is £100,000 per year and the organisation would normally pay a recruitment fee of 20% for filling the role, you have effectively saved the organisation £20,000. All you need to do is keep track of all the roles you're filling so that you can calculate the total savings across each month, each quarter and the year. And that means that when you have an appraisal meeting with your manager or you want to get your CV ready to apply for a new role or you want to talk about your success in an interview, you are going to have some impressive information to put on there. I can't tell you how many CVs I saw when I was an internal recruiter that would just read like a job description. They would tell me what the person had been doing or what they were responsible for, but they wouldn't say how well they had done it. And having these measurements proves how well you've performed and the fact that you've made a real impact at work in your role. Instead of just saying, saved costs for the business by moving recruitment in-house, or saying, responsible for recruitment. <laughs> you can say that you saved X number of pounds per year for the organisation by moving recruitment in-house. You can see straight away how much more impactful this is. And of course, it's not just impactful for your CV, it's also impactful in interviews or when you are talking to your manager or asking for a promotion. Right, let's move on to quality. I'm going to imagine that one of your goals is to introduce management training within the organisation. If you're not measuring the impact of that, you might just say in your appraisal or on your CV that you introduced management training. But if you think about measuring it, you can make sure you ask for feedback from the people who attended the training about the quality of the training once it's been delivered. And you can then survey the people who work for them before the training has taken place and after the training has taken place, asking questions about the quality of their manager. If you have an employee engagement survey that happens at work anyway, that can be a great place to get your data from. So, for example, if you use the Gallup Q12 survey, many of the questions in there are focused on assessing management performance because Gallup knows how important management quality is as an indicator of employee engagement. They ask questions like, there is someone at work who encourages my development. Oh, I've just realised that's not really a question, is it? <laughs> it's a statement. But when anyone's answering the survey, they have to then rate how true that is. Then one of the other questions is, sorry, one of the other statements is, in the last seven days, I have received recognition or praise for doing good work. And another one is, my supervisor or someone at work seems to care about me as a person. These are all indicators of good management. 
but of course you don't have to use those ones, that's just an example. Then when you need to prove you've been doing a great job, you're ready to progress in your career, you have measurements in place to back it up. You'll be able to say that employee engagement scores for management performance rose by X number of points once the management training had been rolled out, and that 80% of attendees of the training rated it as good or excellent. It's all so much more impressive than just saying, I rolled out management training. Okay, finally, let's move on to the last measurement, which is time. So let's imagine that you want to implement an HRIS for the organisation, so an HR software system or a new process, or perhaps you decide to introduce an HR intranet so that everyone can get access to information automatically. They can fill in forms themselves or they can access their employee information without having to come through the HR team. You can work out how much time this saves the business. This will be a bit more manual and boring to work out than the other things we talked about, but I promise it will be really worth it in the long run. In fact, this really is process improvement, and I think that process improvement is one area that's really overlooked a lot of the time because it can feel a bit boring, it can feel difficult to fit it in when you're busy anyway, but I really have seen just how much time people can free up by focusing on this. It's one of those areas where a bit of short-term pain really does result in long-term gain. And for this example, let's imagine that you're going to set up an HR intranet where everyone can go to access information and resources that they'd normally come to you for, or they'd come to someone else in the HR team for an answer. If you can count the number of email inquiries and calls you have coming in every day before you set up the intranet and figure out how long it takes to deal with all those inquiries, then you need to measure the number of email inquiries and calls you have coming in after you've rolled out the intranet. You will immediately be able to see how much time this has saved. If you're lucky enough to have a good IT team or an IT whiz in the business, you can always ask them to automate part of this process for you. There are quite easy ways of automatically adding emails and calls you receive into a spreadsheet so that you aren't manually counting everything. Or if you're confident with IT yourself, just search for email passing, so that's P-A-R-S-I-N-G, online and there are lots of tutorials that teach you how to do it. Please just make sure that you're keeping any data you extract secure. Then once you've done all of that you'll be able to say implemented a new HR intranet reducing the number of incoming employee inquiries via email or phone by 30% saving approximately 20 hours per week of HR administration time. Again, hopefully you can see how much more impactful that is instead of just saying implemented a new HR intranet, saving the department time. And although I just said that's the final thing, I thought I would point out that you'll find some things will straddle two things or all three things. So for example, if one of the business challenges is a high turnover rate, you've got everybody leaving after they've joined because you have a terrible culture or a terrible onboarding system, a terrible onboarding process, you may have decided to create a goal to reduce this by improving the onboarding and induction process. You can measure the improvement in quality of the onboarding and induction through survey questions and ratings to assess that quality. 
you'll be able to measure the effectiveness of your goal by looking at the turnover data. And hopefully fewer people will be leaving once you've made your changes. And you'll also then be able to link it to a reduced cost in recruitment fees because you're not having to spend money hiring replacements for everyone who's leaving. So in that instance, you can show how you have saved on time and cost. In fact, you can even find ways of measuring tricky things like culture. I've had lots of people say to me, well, how on earth can you measure culture? That's so hard. But really, all you have to do is ask a question around would you recommend this organisation to family and friends as somewhere good to work for? That's a pretty strong indication that that person who works within the organisation is happy with the culture. And then track how that measurement, how those answers change once you start putting some initiatives in place. That brings us to the end of today's episode. I really hope it's helped you think about how you can progress your HR career by measuring your impact at work. If you put any of the advice into action, please do let me know. I always love hearing from you. You can always reach me on LinkedIn or by replying to any of my emails. And if you're thinking, what emails, Faye? You are very welcome to subscribe to my free weekly HR Coffee Time emails. There's a link in the show notes and you can also find sign-up information on my website, which is brightskycareercoaching.co.uk. Have a great week and I will look forward to being back again next week with your next episode.